Welcome to the Into the Void podcast with your host, Sammy Starr. Step into the void. Welcome to the Into the Void podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic. And for everybody that's tuning into this next episode of Into the Void, remember to like, comment, subscribe, just kind of do your thing because this does make my channel grow exponentially and this does help the artist as well. I kind of want to dig into a lot of stuff here, not just with the single, but with your prior album that came out before this. So there's kind of a lot to dig into. Most people kind of find this like a, a boring question, but I always ask it nonetheless. What got you guys? Well, I guess since it's only you that's here, but uh, Caleb, what got you into music and what artists or bands, I guess, got you into music to collectively make the band Promises Unstead? I know briefly you had talked in our last interview about a Warp Tour experience that kind of paved the way for that but can we dig into that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've taken a lot of inspiration from a lot of various artists, like starting way back in my childhood. My grandfather got me into like Creed and Lincoln Park and just growing from there. I, my mother raised me very pop based too. Like, you know, her favorite boy band is New Kids on the Black and they, She's literally gone to probably like 50 new kids on the black concerts or more. <laughs> like she went on their new kids on the black cruise when she was like 12. Su super into new kids on the block. But I guess the band that really, really stuck out to me when I first got into the scene would be Escape the Fate, Dying is Your Latest Fashion with Ronnie. Nice. And like... I don't know. I got like super into the drama aspect of it. Like, oh man, did he go to jail? He went to jail, and lost his band, this, that, and that. But like, I got into the drama because I was so into the music. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the first band that had like core vocals and progressive instrumentals that like really stuck out to me that I was like, dang, like, this is a whole new genre of music. Like I really got to explore more. And then from there, I got into like Memphis Mayfire, Asking Alexandria, the list goes on the metalcore acts that I got into. And now I'm like, literally anything local is just like where I listen to the most, honestly, just like the release radar on Spotify, like whatever, whatever's new. I like that you're talking about local acts too, because I feel like I, I think it's great that we do talk about the major acts, right, that are in the scene. And that's yeah. cool that we gain inspiration from those acts because, you know, they have paved the way for so many of the newer talent that's out in the scene. But I think taking inspiration from, you know, the local scene and. Oh, 100%. Right. The lesser known acts within our, our fan base does you know, help. Local scene, local scene is what, like, you know really pushed me to the next level right like uh like bands like saving vice diamonds to dust we've toured with them they're 
all like smaller bands that are just killing it and they're hungry you know so like I feed off that hunger and you know the knowledge they get I I try to pull out of them you know what I mean I think especially with Saving Vice I think there's a lot of credit that's due there because even as like an independent band they they do so much Robbie is like a legit genius he could talk to you business related mm-hmm. he's the one that like really drive me to like turn promises from band to business and you know really start focusing definitely credit there to Robbie Tyler is an amazing vocalist good friend of mine too definitely. Uh, we actually plan on working with Tyler he's going to be doing a feature on one of our tracks very Thanks. cool we'll get back to that because I do have a question on the upcoming record but we'll, we will okay. dive into that I do want to tap into your prior release, Growing Pains, because I feel like this is a pretty important record for like a lot of reasons, right? Because musical influences and how that ties into, you know, your current single, but also the, the last record that you did back in 2021. I know you guys operate under the vehicle of metalcore, but I feel like there's a lot that a lot of other stuff that ties into this. Yeah. Right. 100%. What prompted you guys to start making growing pains on a musical aspect and, you know, instrumentally? I guess this is kind of like, kind of like a hard question because we didn't even really have growing pains in sight really at all until like 2019 ish when we first released our first single off of that, which was When Gray Skies Turn Blue, that was three years before the album even dropped. Back then, like I was really driven and all of the other people around me really, really kind of weren't, you know, it was kind of like that local, local band feel like the garage band feel still, you know what I mean? Right. We're just kind of getting together to play music together. And, you know, I was really just trying to like push our stuff and drama always happens in bands it's i don't think there's a band out there that hasn't had drama inside the band at all in their whole existence for sure after that we had a couple different lineups you know we had regrouped a couple different times and each time i've always just liked to have the guys at least help me contribute to the band you know what I mean so that's kind of why like leaving answers is just so so different from our sound you know because I had let my guitarist Steve kind of take the reins on writing songs like Donor I started writing but then with new band members we kind of regrouped and remade the instrumentals not really remade them but I guess like added to them with our other band members influences Mm -hmm. and just because donor bpd actually and growing pains were already kind of recorded at the studio but they weren't finished then once i brought my guitarist Jaden on he just added all of the sauce to that and then from there we kind of started playing around with a lot more like synths and stuff like that so then you heard that's kind of where uh the smoothie king came from which i get asked all the time about the music video for that (laughs) the actual name behind that but 
we can dive into that later. And then Curing Nature was actually the last song we had written for it. And we just really wanted to write a closer. And I just feel like Curing Nature was just spot on for a closer for an album. And everybody was like, you know, you, you guys should have pushed Curing Nature more. That's a really good song. But, you know, we just kind of wanted it to be the closer of the album. That's what we read it, wrote it for. You know what I mean? But I guess as far as like musical inspiration for the album, you can probably name any like top 50 metalcore act out there. And I probably drew in some sort of inspiration from it. But I guess like it kind of just dials down to each song, right? Like Curing Nature, vocally, I drew a lot from like NSYNC, actually. I was like, yo, I want like a boy band sound. I'm like a metalcore instrumental. And it just happened. That was kind of eye-opening for the band because it, we just like, you know, oh, holy crap, we can do so much more than we even thought. And I think that says a lot because I think going through growing pains right I feel like there's definitely a fluidity to it right because yeah. vocally there's so much melodically going on but then there's also this massive kind of instrumental cadence that is going on there's hip-hop there's there's R&B there's all these different beautiful genres being mixed together that I think are great that don't get mentioned a lot within the metalcore sphere that I think need to be delved into more within just metalcore as a whole because I feel 100%. like a lot of people kind of drag it down a bit because it's like oh well that's not really metalcore it's it's yeah you know it's something else entirely I think that you this record was was really great and you know stepping into mind play where we get like this really bombastic kind of I don't want to say like you've arrived and you guys kind of felt felt yourselves a little bit with this record or this that well not this record yeah. but this this <laughs> single I felt like yeah. you guys kind of arrived with you guys know yourselves a little bit now it kind of showed that you guys really know what you're doing now in terms of what you want with your sound. Since I started the band, like even when we're like, we released our self-titled EP, I've always like dreamed of being that bridge band that like pulls in people that wouldn't normally listen to this genre or listen to anything really with like hardcore or screaming vocals or breakdowns on it. And, you know, and kind of get, get them into the rest of the bands that actually mm -hmm. have all of this like hardcore screaming and stuff as well as we us you know so like i guess like that's kind of what we are really aiming for with mind play we're like yo let's let's just write a song for the public you know right let's get people into the stuff we're into how do we do that we do that with just putting our personalities on the track putting all of our influences into one I do want to talk about the thematic aspect of Growing Pains as well. I know, again, this also ties into the single where you 
have talked about suicide and suicidal thoughts, but that there's also a myriad of other deep themes that kind of go into growing pains as well, that I feel like a lot of people can also relate to on a personal level, right? Yeah. But I know you kind of segued into that in our last short interview of how you personally dealt with that. How did that impact the creative process of writing that, knowing that, again, I know I've talked with a lot of artists about that, and it's often hard to kind of open up about these things, right? Because it is something deep and it is something personal to you. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody deals with some sort of mental struggle, some sort of mental break. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that alone is kind of why I make music and why I put my thoughts and feelings and heart into music, because it's almost like a constant reminder to me, myself, like when I do that and say that and put all of those traumatic lyrics and things out into a physical like entity it's almost like a, just a constant reminder like yeah dude you felt this but you're you're prevailing you're doing you're doing more I mean for me it's a lot easier to write lyrics about something traumatic than it is to just sit in a studio and write you know like modern hip-hop about sex drugs and rock and roll right it's way easier to write introspective because I mean all of those thoughts and all those feelings are already present Mm -hmm. it's way easier for me to just put it out there and once I get a melody flowing for the instrumental then I just put the words to it and what comes out comes out and if anybody can relate with that then that's a blessing. No, I definitely agree with that because I think it's a great time to be writing a lot of these types of records, kind of delving into these deeper feelings, because as I mentioned with a lot to a lot of other artists, we are kind of going through a time where these feelings are deeper and more present than ever. And I feel like if artists kind of show that people are not alone in dealing with these emotions. It definitely helps like the general public kind of deal with it in some sort of way collectively. For sure. sure. And I feel like music is just such a healthy way to deal with it as well. You know, all you got to do is put your, put your headphones on and, you know, escape into your own little world. You're not, it's not like you're causing harm to your body or, you know, you're out chasing some, adrenaline rush mm-hmm. you just music just has always kept me safe so I just hope it keeps my people safe too I do want to talk about some of the creative aspects leading into the music videos so <laughs> let's uh, let's share some of the stuff about the creative process behind some of these videos okay so where should we start should we start with smoothie king Let's start with Smoothie King. Okay, we'll start with the Smoothie King. So with the name, the Smoothie King, 
we are in the studio and we have just finished tracking it like fully and we had no clue what we were going to call it mm-hmm. and our guitarist Jaden I don't know if you've ever drank at Smoothie King I guess you should say yes <laughs> <laughs> but he loves Smoothie King and he grabbed two Smoothie Kings that time at the studio and he just returned from the bathroom oh so my we were God. Like, all right so we were like let's call this song Smoothie King Explosion there's the dem- demo name and from there on like kind of the trend just started setting in within the band of calling this song Smoothie King and keep calling the song Smoothie King and I'm like all right well I don't think we can change the name now like it our friends literally called it this already and it's not out yet. <laughs> Let's just name this episode Smoothie Let's just, King. <laughs> just name this episode The Smoothie King. The Smoothie King is here. <laughs> but then once we got to the music video, we were like beat because we had been up to uh, till 6 a.m. the previous night shooting Growing Pains because Growing Pains was actually shot in a rock quarry. So all of the getting all of the gear to the top of that and off of the mountain was a challenge in itself that's insane but we did it had to wake up the next morning to shoot the smoothie king at the skate park is where we wanted to do it because Mm -hmm. the song is just so like homey driven Mm -hmm. that we wanted to just have homey vibes for the video so we pulled up to the park started handing out smoothies grilling up some stuff you know trying to get people in our video that we could uh, all our friends were there and it ended up being a great time, but I did forget my mic and I saw the smoothie. I was like, this is the smoothie king. I'm just grabbing the bullet and I'm going to sing into the mic. <laughs> I'm going to use, <laughs> use the smoothie as the mic. That's that, great. That, and, you know, I've talked with a couple other people about this before but it's almost kind of like a blessing in the sky it's kind of like the universe looking down and saying here throw a little more sauce into the music video right so you know i always say like there's so many bands in the metalcore scene that just keep doing the same thing like they keep doing like the warehouse music video with visual effects and sick lighting (laughs) and i'm just so over that like boxed in metalcore view right so like i was like well let's just have a homies vibe let's shoot at a skate park and like let's turn it into a meme and just get a hodgepodge of videos together and see see what it looks like at the end and it ended up being sweet Uh, i love the video for smoothie game personally i think it's really cool that you did do it that way because i do agree that i think we're in a phase right now with the videos being like that. And I'm not, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not harping on it. I think there is an aesthetic and a flow to that, that makes it the way it is and yeah, it's fine, but I think it's nice to kind of show where you are and where you come from. And there's a different level of artistic aesthetic that kind of comes with it. And yeah. I feel like when somebody's reading like a diary or a journal entry, you're kind of letting somebody into your life in some sort of way, putting that kind of background aesthetic to it. So I I really liked that video because you are like putting that kind of spin on it. 
Well, I appreciate that. We kind of rewind a little bit to the growing pain shoot. Kind of the visual for that was I, I really wanted to like tr- test out my acting because mm-hmm. I had never really acted before in a music video. So I told my, my uh, videographer, Eric, to uh, write up like some sort of video script for it. I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect, but I want to see you direct because I want to push you too. Right. You know? So that's what we ended up coming up with. It was a two-day shoot. The first day was shot at my guitarist Jaden's house and all of this, we just set up a scene in there and we set up like different scenes around the house as well. And then the second second day is when we went to the rock quarry and that was definitely something. <laughs> right. And then I had to do that again for my videographer's band because he was like, this is a sick location. I want to shoot something here with my band. And I'm like, I'm like, all right. He's like, I'll give you a free music video for it. And I was like, okay, bet. So I did that. And then that's what mine play ended up being. I really thought that that one was really cool in terms of the camera shots and the angles for that one just the overall aesthetic of the house that you were shooting in. So that one was really cool. I must have watched that video probably four times, five times, because I really liked, I just really liked the overall atmosphere of how it was done, especially in the beginning of how you come into the shot and then just how it blows out in the beginning. Yeah. I, I was like, I just really thought that it was a really cool shot and it was really well done. And again, because mind play itself, it just has an overall, and I keep using bombastic as just a term to kind of overall talk about how it segues from growing pains to what your sound is now, because it really just is an overall 360 like how far you guys have come in such a short period of time. Cause I really do feel it's like from 2021 to just now, but yeah. it just definitely feels like a bigger, more atmospheric sound that you guys are showing to us, but you're definitely still keeping in toes of what you showed us from the last record. For sure. I do want to talk about the next record though. You teased me a little bit by saying that it was 60% done. And I know this time you're working with Randy, right? Oh, yeah. We've been working with Randy since day one. So not even to show just our growth, but Randy's growth as a producer. Randy produced our self-titled EP all the way through Growing Pains. And we're still working with him. It's so cool. Like, I know for those that don't know, who Randy is from Pascarella Recordings. He's recorded from People to Saving Vice to Currents. And, you know, Currents is a huge band. I know that's a major difference from Growing Pains to now. So, I mean, what can we expect for this new album? And I I know I'm kind of poking and prodding to kind of get some answers out of this. That's okay. So the next album and kind of like uh we're doing a punkos pop i'm not gonna say what song it is but we're doing a punkos pop that's not gonna be on the album but the next album is done instrumentally 
if you liked Growing Pains is sound and you want kind of like also more modern metalcore sound, definitely, definitely be excited. If you like heavy, we're going to have heavy songs on there. If you like pop, we're going to have pop songs on there too. You know, if you like our more pop roots, you're going to love one of the songs that's already completed. If you like our more heavy roots, you're going to absolutely love the next song that I'm about to lay vocals on. <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to be excited about this new record because, like I said, I feel like if Mind Play was anything short of what this record was going to be about, I feel like we've only scratched the surface. Oh, yeah, like we definitely the... only scratched the surface. What is, if you could give a universal message of what Growing Pains and Mind Play could kind of tie into as a whole, what would that be? I guess it would be that you are not alone. You are loved. You are worthy. No matter what your head tells you, you are worth more than that 100%. It's okay to have all of this trauma and all of these self-doubts, all of your negative thoughts and negative feelings are all a part of being human. And it's okay. You can't change that you're not human, but you can change how you feel. I think that's a great message to share with everybody. Like I said, especially with today and people processing their emotions in different and unique ways. And I think music is the best way to show that. 100%. For you, as an artist, and I guess collectively for all for all of you as artists, how have you taken this experience being able to let all of this out personally into the world, knowing that I guess people can identify with this in some way in a positive light? How has the interaction been overall? especially like, you know, releasing the single mind play up to this point. So, so far the, the feedback's been great on mind play. So many people have just opened up to me already that like, yo, mind plays really touching me, man. Like I, I feel that stuff. I've had it on repeat. And so that just pushes me to go 10 times harder, 10 times harder with the next one. I got to make the next one better, I guess just having all of the people that I have around me and all of the team members that are part of Promises Unsaid that are focused on the same vision. It's just a blessing, honestly. And the fact that anybody even wants to give our stuff a listen is a blessing to me. I like make me like music that I like listening to. So for other people to want to listen to the music that I want to listen to. <laughs> uh, it's connection. And if we can connect like that, then I'm sure we can connect in other ways. And right there proves you that you're not alone. It could be anybody. This is like, if you could 
make fantasy into reality if you could collaborate with an artist or a band on this next album that you're doing who would it be and why okay so like i'm gonna do one funny one that you wouldn't expect another one that you probably would expect and then i'm gonna say one that we are collaborating with because i already said Mm. so one that you wouldn't expect i I totally want like just like the weekend or justin timberlake Ooh, that would be absolutely crazy that would be absolute fire another one would be probably like spencer charnas or maddie mullins would love either one of those on and then obviously i said before we're collabing with saving vice yeah tyler's gonna be featuring on one of our next songs I feel like that's going to be such an amazing track, though, because. Oh, I, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited to be here. You're going to be. I feel like you're going to be surprised. I feel like I am. And I'm going to be it's going to be a super dope track for sure. Hearing their last single, I literally was just seeing the video alone and then hearing the single. I'm anxiously anticipating what the next couple of singles are going to sound like from them hearing how your style is and how saving vices style is they're both contrastingly different but it's going to be very interesting to see them kind of clash together on one single so i i can't wait to hear what that's going to sound like I often ask this question because I I often like to hear the answer because I know music is like a chosen profession because obviously you wouldn't be doing music if that's not something that you enjoyed doing. If you were not doing music as a chosen profession, what would you be doing instead? Oof, I don't know. It's just like, I've always been like a little bit, I call myself a jack of all trades because I've always been a little good of every at everything, but mm-hmm. never been a master of it at anything. <laughs> <laughs> a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm pretty good at everything, but I've never mastered something. Right. So like, you know, I, I'm hardcore into skateboarding. Like I love skateboarding. Nice. Don't see myself as ever being a professional skateboarder. Like never ever thought of it but that would be sick honestly i'd probably be just doing my job that i'm doing now i'm a team lead (laughs) i'm a team lead in a warehouse so (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't have a career path if it wasn't for music i could see you definitely being a skateboarder i mean after this after the smoothie king video i could see it happening for sure (laughs) (laughs) This one's often a very fun question for a lot of reasons, because going touring is definitely one of the funner aspects of being a musician, right? So if you could tour or open with a band or an artist, who would it be? Oh, geez. There's so many artists I would, I would say that I would tour with. Are we talking like local, big? You could do anyone. This is, this is, this is your tour. This is my tour. Okay. 
So I'm going to say the sky's the limit. I'm going to say we're going to have Dance Gavin Dance as a headliner. Oh, nice. Ice Nine Kills is a co-headliner. Who else am I having on this tour? <laughs> this is such a big tour already. All right, this so is a, this is a huge tour. Dance Gavin Dance Dance and Ice Nine Dance. Kills. Ice if Nine you're Kills. listening to this podcast and you hear their music, you need to work with these guys. Just, <laughs> just hit these guys up and tour with them. Facts. If, facts. Just, just hit them up, DM them, do whatever you need to do, and just tour with these guys. They're, they're solid people. I promise you. Hell yeah. And then uh, Memphis Mayfire is going to be on there too. I'll say save advice and, and then promises. Let's go. That is, that would be a fire. Do you realize tour. how big this tour would be? It I feel be, like it would go crazy. <laughs> that tour, I feel like, would sell out in a matter of minutes that just be because sick. of the liner and the co headliner. <laughs> exactly, bro. Are you kidding me? Come on, let's make this happen. Let's just make it happen. I don't even have to play it, yo. I just want to see it. (laughs) Just want to see it. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of touring, I know in the smaller interview, you guys said that you wanted to tour and actually play a little bit more shows because you wanted to get Growing Pains out there a little bit more. Are there places that you have performed that you have liked and enjoyed playing at? like? 10 out of 10 would recommend. And are there places that you are like, I could do well enough without, I, we could skip this? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> 100% girl. <laughs> Place I would recommend, let's see. Dang, there's a lot of places I would recommend. We play a lot of shows in, uh, allentown area like pa sportsman's cafe is pretty dope especially now because they don't smoke inside anymore before they smoked inside and that was a no-go for me that makes me happy (laughs) but (laughs) oh dude my vocals sucked that show just because the air was so harsh but it's a dope venue now they don't smoke inside sick there's atc in connecticut that venue has ping pong. I love ping pong. But the venue I will never play ever again, and you can quote me on this, is the Meat Locker in Jersey. Oh, no. This is the second time that this has ever been mentioned on a podcast. Oh, dude. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I literally had a cockroach that fat walk past my, walk past my foot. There was garbage everywhere. No, thank you. Literally, we were supposed to play at nine. We were headlining the show. We were supposed to play at nine and be done and be done. The show didn't start till nine. <laughs> and this was like one of the la- one of the last shows and we had work the next morning. And so we were just like, oh my God. Oh my we are God. stuck in this dirty ass basement. <laughs> I just saw a cockroach the size of a freaking baseball. And now we're not even going to play till like one in the morning. Nah. Oh my God. So we, we asked all the bands that night. We were like, yo, we hate to be this band. 
absolutely hate to be this band, but we were scheduled for nine. Is it cool if we play first? <laughs> so on behalf of New Jerseyans everywhere, I apologize for your bad experience at the Meat Locker. Okay. I'm still not- love Jersey. Still love Jersey. <laughs> we still love you because New Jersey and New York, you're still a part of our local scene. So by default, we still love you. Are you I feel... going to the show at the Meat Locker? Um, <laughs> I, I can agree that it's not one of my favorite places <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to be at. That's why I, I am apologizing. I feel like this is the third time on a podcast where people have said that they have had a less than desirable experience in New Jersey when it comes to venue experiences. And I feel so bad because- you know, we played a couple of good shows in Jersey. It, was there ever a good experience that you had at New Jersey? I'm trying to, trying to remember back on some Jersey shows. I can't think of anything. Oh else. no, we but, can't balance it out. It's okay. I can't balance it out. No. But I'm it's also, right. I also get, I'm also not from the city. So like when I'm right. in the city, Jersey and the city just mash together. So it's like all of the, all of the clubs or bars that I th- I'm thinking we played, I'm pretty sure we played in like Brooklyn. <laughs> it's but, all right. We still have nothing but love for you. I'll be back in Jersey. Don't you worry. I'm looking forward to our next Jersey show, actually, because our next Jersey show is Starcade with Skylet Drive, Impending Doom, I Set to Kill, Fit for Rivals. All very good bands. At uh, Artie's. I'm excited. Pretty, pretty good lineup. When you do typically prepare for a show, do you have any routines that you usually do? to get yourself prepared like what is that normally like for you i'll usually find like a secluded spot to kind of warm up some of my vocals and then i always stretch i go wild on stage so i don't need to be, <laughs> I don't need to be pulling anything and, <laughs> and i'm a pacer so like I'll, i just pace back and forth the whole, whole show i don't stand still at all I don't understand myself. I try to, I try to like stay in focus, but I always feel, feel awkward. So I just pace every, every show. I, I like to get a nice stretch in, stretch out the muscles, make sure everything's cool. I mean, I feel like there's, there's been bands where like people just kind of like stand there. Who are the story so far? I saw them frick rockstar energy tour what was it? disrupt. Disrupt Fest with Sleeping with Sirens, Memphis Mayfire, The Used. Story so far, dude, I literally fell asleep to their set. I was like, oh, you guys no. haven't moved from your spots since you got on the stage. They're like, I was like excited to see the story so far because I'd never seen them before either. I'm like literally sitting there falling asleep to their set, sitting in the, the auditorium seat just because they literally didn't move. Oh no. I love them too. That's I love them too. <laughs> maybe was it was upset. just a bad day. <laughs> it might have been just a bad day, but literally they stayed in the same spot playing their instruments, maybe gave a head nod. That was it. Oh no. I feel like with respect, they were probably just tired and having a bad day. I hope so. I hope literally, so. Maybe when they come back, the vocalist they'll... stood there with his hands behind his back the whole time and screamed in the mic or, or 
did his vocals into the microphone. Do something, bro. <laughs> we paid for this. <laughs> we paid for this. What is your favorite part about being a musician and the least favorite part about being a musician? My favorite part about being a musician is the connection, the connecting with fans, the connecting with bandmates. Our, me and the guys, like, it's like we really, like, get each other, you know, we check up on each other, we make sure we're all good, and that I'm 100% thankful for, you know, same, same goes with all of my friends and fans and family, it's just like they check up on me and check in to see how the music's going, and, you know, that, that's probably my favorite part is just connection, really. My least favorite part was probably be hauling all the gear. some vocalists are just like you know they carry in their mic and let their bandmates do their stuff but i've never been that guy i've always been the band dad like like you know let's get this stuff in the van let's go right Right. let's get this stuff on the stage dude you're like an all hands on deck kind of guy yeah like no sense of taking x amount more trips when you could just get it done right get it out of the way let's set your stuff and then go explore What's the best advice you've been given as a musician? Grow your team and treat your band as a business. I think that's probably, that's not even probably, that is very good advice, especially when, you know, you're not signed as a band, right? And you need to have all hands on deck. I think everybody needs to be knowing what they're doing and everybody needs to have a place within mm-hmm. the band as a whole. And if you don't have your band as a fully functioning unit, you know, you're not going to go anywhere. If you have designs exactly. on making it anywhere financially or, you know, being seen within the scene, because exactly. I think I had a conversation with another band about this where, you know, times have changed with how you are being perceived within the scene because there is so many of you guys out there trying to do the same thing. Exactly. Speaking from my experience, like we got into our local scene and, you know, we weren't really into our local scene. So we didn't really care about our local scene. So we just kept traveling out out to different scenes to like you know kind of plant our seed with other bands and that's where we got like our most growth starting off taking a reflection back nowadays it's like I never took the time to actually build a scene at my hometown for myself you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I never actually like went out handed out flyers or you know just posted flyers along the main strip of Binghamton or you know invite people to get encouraged into the band now like I've built so much more from like playing shows and stuff like that and I've built so much more just like regrouping and taking my band to like the business and you know having all guys on deck and making sure all the guys are on deck and focused and driven with the same mindset so I guess my advice to like any band out there is build your own scene first (laughs) right 
do all of the social media stuff, get your band out on the social media web, but in your hometown, make some homies, make some people that are going to support you, surround yourself with encouraging people and just let yourself blossom. If you could change anything about the music industry, what would it be? Egos. So many bands out there, like, will put on a six set and then they're off the stage in their car and on their way home, not even worried about what they just did. They just were showed up to play their set. Or, you know, so I've seen so many bands that are like, you give them a compliment, like, yeah, I've, I've been playing for 15 years. I, I, I hope I'm good at guitar. Like, oof, that just undid everything you did on stage, dude. Mm-hmm. Eh. I guess, like, that's the hardest part, like, about being a musician sometimes is because you leave yourself vulnerable. So mm-hmm. vulnerability is scary to a lot of people. I've never really had, I, I mean, definitely I felt vulnerable and, and scared in crowds and people, but, like, you know, getting yourself over that fear, getting yourself past that, like, that's when you really start networking and start making connections and learning a lot more from other bands is just by just hanging out with them, talking to them, giving them a compliment, like, yo, dude, six set. Right. But more than just, yo, dude, six set, talk to them about their music. Yeah. Like, Hey man, good set, dude. Like I heard a couple of your lyrics. Like I felt that shit too. Or Hey man, six set. Like I really like your guitar riff in this part or your tone is sick, you know. I agree with you 110%. Again, I, I mentioned this in another podcast where, especially within the metalcore scene, we're not the most popular genre out there, right? I think we, 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 all, we all know this to a certain degree. But I, I feel like we need to do our due diligence to show a sense of solidarity within the ranks because yes, there, there is such a thing as healthy competition and yeah, I don't bag 100%. on that by any means, but we do need to have some sense of showing yeah. that we do have each other's backs because in the end, that's the only way to make a scene is to be a scene. <laughs> right, exactly. Instead of taking, you know, somebody doing better than you as a threat, pick their brain. Mm-hmm. see what they're see what they're doing see why they're doing better than you and how you can implement that into your own life I think the best memory I ever had going to a show I went to see the main in concert and you know the, the main is the main they're they're huge yeah they're huge I was learning to play the guitar and you know Jared Monaco was one of the first people that made me want to play or want to learn how to play the Uh guitar and I was literally waiting forever to get an autograph from him there was a bunch of fangirls like wanting to get this guy's picture and getting his like autograph standing there for like over an hour and I was just like you know I'm probably just gonna jet this is never gonna happen but then like afterwards he was like hey like you over there were, were you just standing here like waiting this whole time I didn't even know what to say I was just yeah. like my jaw just like literally dropped I was just like yeah I was I was young 
at the time. Yeah. Like I was just like, yeah, like I, I was waiting. He was like, well, we'll come over here. He was like, do you enjoy the show? And we had like a small conversation. I told him like, you know, you inspired me to want to pick up the guitar and actually learn. Like I never actually have been in a band and wanted to go like into those lengths. It made me want to at least learn. Yeah. You know, he signed. That's awesome. Gave me, I still have the autograph to this day. And like, I still have the picture. It's just like those things that still stay with me. And it shows even though, you know, he is in a big band and stuff like that. It's just like those kinds of things didn't get to him in that way. He still yeah. cared enough to like still stay there an extra 10 minutes to yeah, chat and all, stuff like that. It takes, you know, if you put good energy out into the world, the good energy will flourish. If you put bad energy out into the world, the bad energy is going to flourish and consume you. No, I totally agree. So it's just like, it's, it's simple interactions like that. I feel like make the scene such a better place. 100%. I believe that too. And I'm glad that you guys are bands like that, that actually do believe in interacting with not only your fans, but you know, like other bands as well. Yeah. We like to network. It's, it's fun. You know, we like talking to other bands. We like talking to people that are into music. You know, we like talking to people that are into our music. And every show, we try to watch every single band. And we stay till the headliner plays. And maybe even a little after the headliner plays. We hung out with bands till like 2, 3 in the morning. <laughs> it's such Just a talking. great environment. And I think it's such a sad state where, you know, venues are at now where they're closing down now because there's not a lot of live experiences now. Yes, COVID I, is a well, thing, but yeah. I feel like there's a lot of not a lot of live experiences doing well right now. But you know, once the scene pops back and you know things get back to normal without COVID and stuff like that, I feel like people are just gonna pop back to the music scene like, oh just because I been told I can't I want to now you know I think definitely people want to go back to that sense of normalcy and going back and seeing live shows because that is a big part of why we love music as a whole yes we like you know listening to music on our headphones and yes that aspect is great in some shape and form but like nothing beats like that experience of seeing your favorite band live and you know connecting mm. with them on that experience feeling that music in your chest and just, yeah exactly it's just there's there's nothing like it completely different experience i think when i went to new york to see one okay rock for the first time ever they had came over you know overseas to play i don't think i had ever experienced anything like that just to see something like that. And again, it's one of the reasons why I do what I do to connect with bands such as yourself and, you know, other bands on, doesn't matter if you're smaller or if you're bigger, connecting with you guys and your stories, it's more than just the music. It's you guys as an artist that makes the music tick. What's next for you guys? I know you guys are saying that the, the album is almost complete. What are you guys doing after? Well, 
we might be like almost done with this album but we already have talks about the next album so don't fear like if you guys are not going to hear from promises unsaid for a while like nah we'll probably be releasing music if i want to say you know every three months that's Mm -hmm. sometimes hard hard to coagulate and get actually together we plan on like at least another single after mine play within like next three months we'll be shooting a music video for our next single april 2nd and then i have to send another single out for a lyric video very nice very nice so there's plans there's going to be a breadcrumb trail leading to the album uh, everybody hates breadcrumbs but i guess we'll we'll just have to take it yeah i mean it depends some people will there's like two types of people there's album listeners and then there's single listeners you know the population of people that just want want it now mm-hmm. and they want to want to see it now and they want to hear it now those are the single people the album people those people are willing to wait a little longer just so they get the full album experience front to back are you a single or an album person it depends uh, i'm both sometimes sometimes like i'll get really into one single and i won't even get the give the rest of the album a chance and then sometimes i'll listen to one single be like what else do these guys got and then i'll just get super into an album do you feel that's changed the dynamics a bit since i i often ask this question to a lot of artists because i feel like releasing singles as opposed to you know an ep or an album because of the attention spans of a lot of listeners now today is very i don't want to say that it's short but it it is to a certain extent i mean it's 100 percent shorter i mean netflix specials like i don't know if you've seen the social dilemma they talked about it like attention span is like of a goldfish nowadays so like you have 15 seconds to capture somebody's attention while they're scrolling on their phone. Like realistically, you probably have like 15 seconds to really grab somebody's attention. When you're trying to market, marketing gets super hard. Like <laughs> right. playing with Facebook algorithms and uh, all this other stuff is just too much, too much to handle sometimes. But you know, that's today's standard nowadays you know you pretty much have to be a influencer if you want to be an artist or a successful artist that is i mean that's really not not the end goal for me i've had bands tell me like dude you should be an influencer you got the look you got you got the talent you could do it it's just like i see myself on video it's just like let's put that right back (laughs) (laughs) just from talking to you today you're definitely a very humble person despite what often comes with the territory of being an artist there's people that come off a certain way and I think you can attest to this I think we touched on this before where it's like there's a whole different vibe of when you see somebody artistically and then when you actually meet them they can come off a certain way where it's just like cocky or just like okay well I'm never meeting you again exactly but you definitely come off as a person that's very self-aware, but is also very humble. And I think we I need a lot. <laughs> no, no problem. I think we need a lot more of that in the industry today of where 
you can be self-aware of your accomplishments, but also being humble and being able to share that with a lot of other artists within the scene. Yeah, I agree. But thank you for, you know, taking the time out to come onto the podcast. It was very fun chatting with you today. Of course. Thank you for having me on. I had a blast. I did too. I hope that again, when you do come and have a show with us in New Jersey, that it's a bit better and, you know, <laughs> things will be a little bit more. To... It'll definitely be better. <laughs> no worries. Not like your meat locker experience previously, hopefully. <laughs> oh, geez. No more meat locker for me, but. <laughs> Remember, guys, to like, comment, subscribe on here. You guys can listen to this episode of the Into the Void podcast on Podbean, as well as here on YouTube. Take care, guys, and I'll see you guys on the next episode.